Anyways, uh, he asked me to preach for you guys. Um, so I'm excited to be able to do that. If I can unlock my stuff. Okay. And um, so what I want to talk to you guys about tonight is something that we've been kind of talking about in the youth group for the last like three weeks. But it's really kind of just been like um, like heavy on my, my spirit and like strong. And so um, like when I was thinking about what to do, it, this just kept coming up. I'm like, I know, like I'm not just trying to recycle sermons here, you know. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, so, and then also, you remember, I'm a youth pastor, so I only preach for like 15, 20 minutes, uh, so you might get out of here early, but I might go long, I don't know. So, one time, I preached on a Sunday, and I forgot what time service ended, and I made a joke about going short, and I went like 10 minutes over. It was crazy. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm going to be kind of jumping over a bunch of different um, scriptures tonight um, to kind of give us an idea of the secret place. And when I say secret place, I'm talking about in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. It says this, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward that they will ever get. All the reward they will ever get is feeling like they are a spiritual person in the eyes of everyone else around them, right? Right? Uh, and, uh, and so he says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And so after this verse, he goes into uh, the Lord's Prayer, instead pray like this. Um, but really what I want to focus on is this idea of this secret place, this, this hidden place where, where we spend time with God, where we have, have times where God, like, um, you know, provides healing in our own lives, in our hearts, in our spirit, and, and restoration, and, and where ministry is born through us, right? All of these different things, I believe, happen in the secret place. And I think it's important for us to create a habit of effective time with the Lord. Um, so I think the key to a long-lasting and effective relationship with Jesus is regular, uninterrupted time with him. Regular, uninterrupted time with Jesus is the key to having a lasting relationship with him and a, and a living relationship with him as well, right? And because at the end of the day, if you believe that he's Lord and you've confessed your sins and all this kind of stuff, um, him dying on the cross is enough, right? But at the same time, there's so much more that's offered to us through a relationship with Jesus than just salvation, right? Salvation is stepping across the threshold, right? And there's so much more in that relationship that comes out of that. And, uh, and so it's important for us to understand how to effectively have a regular, uninterrupted time with God. And I think over the years, I've probably, um, you kind of gone in and out of that, uh, where like, I'm like, man, I'm really staying on top of it this month or whatever. And, and I'm spending regular time uh, in the secret place, praying, worshiping, whatever that looks like, right? And, uh, and it's apparent in my life. And then there's other points in my life where I've like really been dry. And I, I, I've just kind of like, gotten busy, right? Or, you know, something's come up or whatever, or maybe like even, you know, like you just don't feel like it. Maybe you're going through depression or something like that. Um, and, and, and it's very apparent that in those times when I'm not regularly in the scripture and not just in the scripture, but spending time with the Lord in that secret place, when I'm not doing that, like I become easily irritable, 
and I get annoyed by a bunch of stuff I shouldn't get annoyed by, and, like, I'm rude sometimes, and, like, not, like, majorly, but I can see that in my life, right? Liz is like, yes, majorly, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, but, but the truth is, is, like, there is a direct relationship with my attitude and how I'm living my life and how much time I'm spending with the Lord, right? How much time I'm spending worshiping, praying, all of these different things. And if we look at scripture, Jesus gives us an example of this. He himself spent many times getting away to that secret place so that he could spend time with the Father all night long. And, and, and these times when, and, and sometimes he would bring the disciples with him and they would fall asleep and, you know, and he would just like, you know, kind of come back and be like, really, you couldn't just pray with me for this little bit. And uh, it, it's, just, it's just really cool because every time that you look at those examples, there's always something major that comes as a result of those times spent with the Father in Jesus' ministry. Um, I have six different examples of how Jesus went into the secret place. The first one is to prepare for a major task. In Luke chapter 4, um, after Jesus was baptized, he spent 40 days praying in the wilderness. After this, he was tempted by Satan and then began his public, public ministry, um, preparing for that major task, right? His ministry started after that. Um, a, another reason might be to recharge after work. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus sent the 12 disciples out to do ministry, and when they returned, he encouraged them to separate from the people who were following them to rest. Um, another example that we see is to work through grief. In Matthew chapter 14, after Jesus learned that his cousin John the Baptist had been beheaded, he went away by himself. Um, and I think this is important because, because it, it shows, this is just a great example of the realness of who Jesus is and the fact that, that he, he feels our, our same pain when we're going through pain. Like we have a, a God that we can go to that, that relates to the things that we've gone through, right? He's gone through so much already that there's not really much that, that he's gone through that, that he can't relate with us with. And that makes those moments so sweet when you come before God and, and you go to him and, and you're like, God, I hurt. And he's like, I know. And he, you know, he's there to, to support you and uh, anything from pain to rejection to shame and, and, and all these different things. Um, Jesus experienced these in his ministry um, before making an important decision. Luke chapter six talks about in his early ministry, Jesus spent the whole night alone in prayer, and the next day is when he chose his 12 disciples, right? Another one is in a time of distress. In Luke chapter 22, hours before Jesus was arrested, he went to the Mount of Olives and went a short distance away from his disciples to pray. He was in great emotional agony, knowing that he was what he was about to face. Um, and then the last one I have on here is to focus on prayer. In Luke chapter 5, many times Jesus' ministry, in Jesus' ministry, he spent time alone in prayer. Um, and so um, I, I just kind of went through and found different scriptures and, and, and thought about all these different kind of things. And um, it's, it's very obvious that, that if Jesus himself is having to go away to the secret place and, and, and refresh himself or, or be filled again with the Holy Spirit or whatever it is, in order to do the ministry that he came down to earth to do, how much more, you know, would, would we need that? You know, how much more do we need to, to make that a priority in our life that, that, you know, creating a habit of effective time with the Lord, um, effective ministry is born in the secret place, witnessing miracles, uh, you know, um, callings, all of these different kinds of things. I really do believe that effective ministry is born in the secret place, um, 
and and we have to understand that and 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 know that again our salvation is just the first thing. Our salvation is just the beginning of our relationship with Jesus, and he's got a plan for all of us and created us to do specific things, and And you're unique to what God created you to do, and it's specifically for you. Uh, and, and I believe that that really is something that comes, um, like, if you're in the place where you're like, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what God's calling me to do. Or maybe you're in a transition in life. This doesn't have to be like, I think of this a lot with kids that are graduating from high school. You know, like, what are you going to do the rest of your life? What is God asking? you to do all this kind of stuff. But really, I mean, like everybody goes through different seasons in their life. You might be coming into retirement and not know what you're supposed to do, you know? And, and I believe that spending time in that secret place will begin to open up doors and and open up your mind to opportunities that are available to do ministry. Um, and, and I think that, you know, saying, going back to what I said at the beginning of, uh, there've been times in my life where I've been kind of dry, uh, and, whatever the situation was at the time, but I just was not regularly spending time with God. And, um, and, and I think God still used me to do ministry in those times, but man, it was a lot of weight on my own shoulders. It was a lot of weight on, on me and, and, and taxing to me, but, but really those times when I'm, I'm just regularly spending time with Jesus and, and, uh, and just aware of, of who he is in my life and what he wants me to do and letting him work through me, um, it, it's very effortless. Uh, it, it really is. And it's effective, too. Effective ministry is born in the secret place. Um, so prayer is a very important thing uh, for us. And I think more than just, like, we kind of have, like, I don't know what your idea of of you know, I think we all kind of have our sweet spot when it comes to spending time with Jesus. Maybe, maybe you really love to worship, like listen to worship music and, and just sit there and listen to it or meditate on it. Maybe you'd really love reading the scripture. Um, maybe you like praying, maybe you like, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, but I think it's very important for, for us to have an effective, um, uh, prayer life, uh, in addition to reading the scripture and worshiping and all this kind of stuff, um, because our prayers are, are kind of like, one of the only things that we have in order to engage spiritual warfare. Our prayers are like one of the only things that, that, that kind of transcends uh, our physicalness and goes into something that is spiritual. Uh, and, and the Bible is very clear uh, in Scripture that uh, there's an active spiritual realm that we can't see, but it affects our lives. Uh, I'm going to read a couple different passages that kind of uh, in, enforce that a little bit. Uh, the first one is Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 10 through 18. Uh, this is talking about the whole armor of God. Um, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this darkness, in this dark world, and against uh, evil spirits in the heavenly places. Let me read through that again. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I think it's really important for us to kind of like, like I'm not saying this to be like, always paranoid because there might be something spiritual happening behind everything, right? Um, Because sometimes it might not be spiritual. But at the same time, um, 
I believe that our prayers are, are very strong in this, and they can also be proactive, like uh, preemptive uh, and, and protective for us. When we really have a good prayer life, um, I believe that it, it provides some of that protection for us. But we have to understand that, that we're not just fighting against something physical. We're not just battling, uh, you know, physical things in our own lives, dealing with our workplaces or other people or whatever that is. But truly, we're, we're fighting against spiritual things. We're fighting against spiritual things, and sometimes the things in our lives are a result of spiritual warfare that's happening around us, right? And, and our prayers are so important against that. Uh, it goes on to say, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in this time of evil. Then, after battle, you will be standing firm. Um, so he's going to go through uh, a bunch of different types of armor and different things like that, but all of these have to do with living a, a, a life for Christ. Like kind of like it talks about in Romans chapter 12, like laying down your life, like I'm gonna live my life as a sacrifice, a daily sacrifice. I'm gonna die to myself and my own things so that I can live as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice for Christ. Uh, and, and really as simply as that is, is Lord, not my will, but your will, right? Uh, like today, God, I don't wanna do what I wanna do. I want you to do what you want me to do. Um, and, and all of these things, all these pieces of armor are, are talking about this. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times. On every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Sometimes, like when I when I first like would would try to, you know, I'm in, I'm a teenager and I'm trying to like, I, I need to spend time with the Lord and this whole idea when I first started doing this kind of stuff and um, you know, we would do like preparation for missions trips and stuff like that. And we'd go up to the church to do these missions trip preps. And we'd be like, okay, we're going to start off by praying for 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh my goodness, 30 minutes. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I'd like go through my whole list and be like, Lord, pray for my mom, my dad, you know, my brother, you know, all this kind of stuff and everything. And it's been like two and a half minutes and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? But really, I mean, like, thinking about this, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I think that, that really we have a big list of things that we could pray for. There is so much potential in things that need prayer and support and, and different things like that. And, and I think part of that, too, is I, I really do believe that if we're just willing to start praying, I think that God will put things on our heart. To, to pray for, and, and he'll help us, you know, make it through all the time that we need to make it through uh, in doing that, but I, I really love the thought of this, uh, you know, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, um, being persistent in our prayers everywhere, and this kind of shows us, again, um, we need to remember that this this talks about how we are fighting spiritual things. Another verse that I, I like to talk about when I'm, whenever I'm thinking about this um, is in Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. Um, Daniel receives a vision. Uh, prior to this vision, he fasts uh, for, for three weeks, fasts and prays for three weeks. Uh, and and uh, Daniel chapter 10 uh, verse 4 is where I'm going to start reading. But this is the vision that he saw. On April 23, I was standing on the 
bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Um, So after this, Daniel's obviously terrified. Um, and I think any of us that saw this image would be terrified um, because if you really like break it down and, and look at uh, who this angel was and how he looked and everything like that, I can't imagine if, if I actually saw something like that, how I would respond, you know, and, uh, and, and just to hear that, like, I, I can't even imagine what a voice that roared like a vast multitude of people coming out of one voice that must be like amazing and crazy and scary at all at the same time. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision, verse seven, uh, the men with me saw nothing, but They were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. Only I saw this vision, but the men that were with him were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. Sometimes I think, like, why wouldn't those other men see the vision? I think some of that answer is is coming forward. And I think, you know, in line with that, are there also things that God might be trying to show me or that are present around me that I'm not seeing for some reason? And I think it's in... Uh, it's it's kind of, if we look further ahead, um, we see that the angel speaks to Daniel because he's very precious to God. And I think that that's a result of his time in prayer. Daniel's very devoted um, to praying and and all of these different things. And like even, you know, he got thrown in a lion's den for praying too much, right? Like none of us are facing that, right? <laughs> so... Um, but, but really, I mean, like he's known for this. And, and the angel tells him that he's very precious to God. And, and I wonder if those other men in the group also were spending that much time in prayer and that devoted to God, um, would they have been able to see it too? You know, would they have been able to understand it? But whether they saw it or not, and I think this is important for us, it was a spiritual presence that was there and they felt it even if they couldn't see it. Right, and I think that there's some stuff in our lives, um, not to like over size anything or like uh, make anything seem like like you know everything that happens has something behind it, right? But I think it's important for us to know that there are things that happen in our lives that are spiritual before anything else, and the only way that we could fight that is fighting spiritually, right? Um, through prayer, and the Word of God, and all those different things, the the armor of God, and everything. Um, so, anyways, it goes on to say. Um, So I was left there alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard a man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face on the ground. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. I think... I think God would love to have that conversation with all of us. I think God would love to come down into the secret place with you and and speak this specifically over you. You are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and humbled yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I think that's important because sometimes, like, 
sometimes we pray for things a lot and, and we don't actually see immediate results or whatever. And, you know, I, I, these people use the term like, uh, you know, our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. They're not actually getting anywhere or whatever. Um, but I think it's really eye-opening and, and, and encouraging to see that this angel says, since the first day that you started praying, he prayed for, for, and fasted for three weeks, 21 days. Um, his request was heard um, in heaven. I've come to answer your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spiritual or spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Uh, so that's, that's a different story going ahead, uh, the reason why he came, but I think this, this is probably one of the biggest openings to us in scripture of things that might be happening in the spiritual world. The fact that Daniel's been praying and, and this angel is coming to answer his prayer. And, and from the first day that he started praying, there's spiritual uh, things going into motion, right? But at the same time, there's dark with the light. And we have to understand that like like we have spiritual things behind us that are light, but we are also, you know, have spiritual things that are dark trying to face against us as well. Um, and uh, I really just love this image just to, to help us remember um, there are spiritual things happening and we need to have an effective uh, life of prayer in order to, to stay strong and be protected and fight uh, all these different spiritual things. Um, so in saying all of that, we have to have the habit of fighting our battles spiritually before physically. We have to have the habit of fighting our battles spiritually before physically. Um, and I think that that, that really kind of happens in that secret place. And I think that there's, like, I'm not, I, I don't want to say that that's the only place that, that we need prayer and that we need, you know, focusing on God and spending time with him and everything, because there is, there is like a major component in corporate times of worship and times praying for each other and, and coming together as the body of Christ. God created us to do that. But I believe in those times of, of coming together, I think our prayers would be more effective if we spent more regular time with Jesus. I think, and, and not only that, but I think the Holy Spirit would use us in such big ways if we all came together and when we were ready to start praying, we were already filled before we got there. We were already filled up and, and, and just poured over before we even showed up. And then God is, all he has to do is start working. He doesn't have to worry about trying to fill people or soften hearts or, or get rid of things in our heart that don't belong there. And because we've worked it out in the secret place already. We've worked it out already uh, in that place. <clears throat> um, going back to that secret place, Psalm 91 verse 1 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who, find, or who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Um, I love the idea of that shelter, right? We see this again in, in uh, Psalms chapter 27 verse 4. Um, it says this, Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. 
the only thing that I ask the Lord, the only thing that I ask the Lord, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. I think that sometimes this, this goes back to maybe what I was saying at the beginning. Um, this, this ending part right here where he says, For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Um, I, I think that this really kind of brings, brings the idea of like, a, like this is what the secret place is for kind of a thing. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in our lives. In this situation, David's facing a lot of uh, stuff, and, and he writes this, and... and um, and he's talking about, you know, kind of specifically from his enemies. But I think there's a lot of stuff in our lives that sometimes we just need to go hide in the shadow of the Lord. We need to go hide in his presence and, and in his sanctuary um, so that he can protect us when trouble comes. He can conceal us from these spiritual things that are attacking us. Um, and so I think it's, uh, it's just a really cool uh, image um, that, that kind of helps in this idea of the secret place. Um, one of the last things I want to say um, about this is what you put into it is what you're going to get out. I think this is true with anything in life, really. Whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out. God is only going to use what you give him to use. And I think that there's probably there's probably a lot of times where God is has created you for something and he put something in your life specifically to be used. But, like, he's not just going to jump in your body and take control, you know. He's not just going to, you know, force that or whatever. But as soon as we're willing to surrender who we are and surrender what we have, I, I believe that just opens up the door for God to use things in a major way. And so it, it takes us trying to put some stuff in. It takes some sacrifice on our end uh, to be able to be used by God. And, and I think that that is something, again, that's worked on really, really well in secret place in those times of worship. And And... In addition to this, I also believe that sometimes our secret place doesn't always have to be at home in a closet with the door closed behind you, right? Because I think that whenever we enter into a time of worship, even if it's corporately, I think that we have the option in our heart to choose. Am I going to fully engage with the Lord in this moment, or am I just going to kind of sing the songs with everybody else or whatever? And and I really do believe that that more than just like, being at home and finding that room and closing the door and making sure you're completely alone. Uh, I, I believe the secret place is kind of more of an idea um, than it is just an actual specific place, right? And because, you know, I see it with teenagers all the time. Like you'll have, you'll have one of them that is just like on their knees with their hands in the air during worship and, and praising the Lord and everything like that. And they're, they're in the secret place and they're, they're having a moment with God like they really need. And, uh, and then you look over and there's another kid that just has their arms folded and they're looking around and you're like, how can it be that God is moving so much over here, but like one foot to the left, this it's, you know, there, there's nothing happening, you know? And, and really it's, it's, a point of the heart. It's an attitude. You can choose to enter into that place with God. It's available to us in many different situations. And so um, having that attitude of, of whenever there's times of worship, I'm going to enter in and, and I'm going to meet with God in this moment. And, and I believe that we have that choice. We, we can make that decision um, to do that, right? Um, so so um, uh, Last thing I have on here is, is what to do in the secret place. Um, 
you know, I think that there's there's probably a lot of us in here that are are, are well seasoned in spending time with the Lord, and uh, you found your routines and you've you've you figured out what it is for you. But it, you know, in in putting this together, thinking about the teenagers, I really thought about like, you know, the first time that I went into that prayer time or whatever, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna go into a a, a closet and close the door behind me, and I'm gonna sit there in silence, and be like, now what, God? <laughs> you know. Um, and so I have a couple things just written down right here. Um, the first thing is worship. Um, I, I think it's so important to worship God um, almost before anything else, before praying, before asking for things, before petitioning. And it doesn't have to be putting on worship music and singing songs or whatever. It literally can just be talking to God about how great he is, right? Thanking him for the things that he's already done in our lives. You know, Lord, you are so good, and I'm so thankful to have you in my life and your love, and you died on the cross for me, all these different things, worshiping. And it also can be putting on music. Uh, In my basement, I have a keyboard, and it's like an unfinished basement, so we don't hang out down there a lot. And so it's a good place for me to go by myself and just play my keyboard and worship and and, uh, and, and have those moments in a secret place. Um, uh, and, and so that's, it can look like that too. Um, the second thing is prayer. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about prayer. There's a lot of power behind prayer. Um, and I love the example of um, in Scripture where it talks about prayers being uh, in a bowl like incense. Um, it, our prayers are a tangible thing in the spiritual world. Like, that's incredible to me. Um, and so we talked a lot about prayer and Again, like going back to that time of like I prayed for everything I could think of, and it was like two minutes later. Um, you also have the ability, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, to pray in the Spirit. And and I believe like if you run out of words to say, you can start praying in the Spirit, and God will start to put things on your heart to pray for. Um, but some things that I go through, um, you know, I pray for forgiveness, and and if there's things in my life that are going on that I need. God to shed a light on. Uh, I want him to do that so that I can get it out, you know, so that I can let him take it out of my life. And, and, and I'm living the way he wants me to live. Um, and, and, um, I pray for my family, my wife and my kids, um, you know, that I just want God's blessings on them so much. And not even just like, like, I'm not just talking about prosperity, but I'm talking about like just his favor and in their own times with him that they would be, um, be there. And, uh, Liz and I were talking about this the other night, but Sawyer will pray about anything. Uh, we were at the uh, playground the other day and they had this like rope ladder that went up to this ledge and Charlotte goes up to it and she just starts climbing it. And she's like two years old and Sawyer's, uh, he just turned five. Um, and so she's climbing up this and she needs a little bit of help to get over the top or whatever. But I was at that same ladder earlier and Sawyer was like terrified. He wouldn't even put his foot on the bottom of it. And, uh, and it's just a difference. Like some people deal with things differently, right? But he really wanted to do it. And I said, buddy, I'll help you. I'll hold on to you or I'll be right here or whatever. I really think you could do it. If Charlotte did it, you can do it, you know, whatever. And, uh, and then so he goes up to the rope and he puts his head down. And he's like, dear God please let me not be scared when I get to the top of this. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, my goodness, right? And uh, um, I think that innocent faith of, of a child, sometimes it just brings it back and, 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 uh, and, and sees the thing. So I pray over my kids. I pray that, that his, God's, you know, blood would fo- flow over them, protect them, and all this different kinds of stuff that, that they, would, they would fall into what it is that God created them to do, all those different things. And I think into the book of Job, uh, you know how at the beginning of Job, uh, he would wake up every day and make a sacrifice just in case his kids were dealing with sin, 
right? And I think in the same way, we can do that in prayer. Um, I, I think it's very important. Um, and then, um, you know, another thing I pray for in, in, in my basement, I have, um, I took chalk because it's concrete down there. And I wrote down like all the names of the kids in the youth group. And so uh, I'll pray over those and, and um, you know, listen. And I think important thing, especially if you're praying specifically for people, I think it's really important to listen while you're praying because there's been a lot of times in those moments where God has spoken something to me for that person, right? And, and you have to be gentle whenever you deliver something like that. If you feel like God is saying something to somebody else, um, you know, approach it with kindness and, and make sure it's encouraging and make sure it's not like, I know what you did or something like that, you know? Um, you know, a lot of times that looks like, hey, when I was praying, the Lord put me on your heart. I felt like he might have been saying this. Does that mean something to you? You know, and it might not, and it might, right? If you're wrong, no big deal, right? If you approach it in that manner, not a big deal. But I believe that God wants to use us like that a lot more than, than what we see regularly. I think, it, I think it, it is something that God wants to do like on a, on a very regular basis, to be able to use us in ministry to each other, right? That's what the body of Christ is for, to, to come together and, and strengthen each other and work with each other. And God wants to speak stuff and God loves to use people to do his ministry, Right. And so I think when we're praying specifically for people, it's very important for us to listen. Um, and then on top of that, I'm sure that you could think of a lot of different other things that, that you could pray for, um, you know, situations that you're dealing with in the moment, um, not knowing what's happening in your future or whatever, asking out for all these things. Uh, the third thing in there, first thing was worship. Second thing is prayer. The third thing I have written down here is uh, scripture. Um, reading the scripture, and then meditating on it as well. In your time in scripture, sometimes there's going to be things that stand out to you. Sometimes there's going to be things that like, oh, I really feel like God's speaking that to me. In those moments, I usually tend to try to pause on that, and I read over it and over and over again. And then in, in addition to that, I bring that into the secret place with me, and I, I, I spend some time meditating it. God, what is it specifically that you're working on? Just thinking of nothing except for that scripture that God's trying to speak to me. Um, and, and that's really important. Um, and, and I think a lot of good things can come out of that. It really brings scripture alive, uh, for us, but it's important to, to read that regularly. Um, uh, it, it really is strengthening and it opens our eyes to a lot of different kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, I've read over some of the same passages so many times before, you know, I could, you know, read, I was like, you know, I've read this passage 15 times before. And then one time I read it because I need this in that moment, God opens something up in my eyes. I'm like, I never saw that before, you know? Um, so, so go to, go into scripture with, you know, with prayer and, and saying, Lord, open my eyes to, to what it is that you're, you're trying to speak to me through this. Right. And the last thing that I have in here is keeping a prayer journal with needs of yourself and others and also things that God has done in your life. Keeping a prayer, now, I'm actually really bad at this. So this is a good suggestion for everyone, but I'm not always the best at it. Um, I probably have like, I was just talking to my friend. This is my friend, Zach. He's speaking at Fall Retreat uh, and his wife, Shelby. Um, they just flew in today from Utah. Uh, I was talking to him earlier and I was like, I probably have like 10 different journals that have the first like 10 or 15 pages filled out because <laughs> I'm really good for a little bit and then I lose it, you know. Um, but anyways, the importance of this is, um, first of all, you remember what you're supposed to be praying for, 
like, you know, you, you meet somebody, you might even meet one of your neighbors. Pastor Scott's been talking about this a lot, and that app is going to help a lot with that too, but, um, and that's kind of the same idea, but you might meet a neighbor and, and see something that's going on in their life, and you could put that in your journal. Every time you go to pray, you remember, oh, I need to pray for my neighbor, right? And it really helps keep your mind on the, on the right things and moving in the right direction, uh, doing the right stuff. Um, and then um, on top of that, it's also a really good reminder of the fact that God chose you. God chose you to do stuff. God created you, right? Uh, there have been many times before where I'm like, God, I just feel like you're not working in me or, or doing anything or whatever. And uh, I feel like he's distant or something like that. And, and, and if I ever happen to go back to one of these journals and open it up, I, I read all of these things that I felt like God has spoken to me and done for me over the years. And it's such a huge encouragement. Uh, you know, in, um, in the Old Testament where um, the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, on the way through the river, God, God splits the water for them, and they walk across on dry land, just like the Red Sea. Uh, but while they're down there, they pick up all of these stones from the bottom of the river. And it's obvious that they came from the bottom of the river because the river does stuff to big stones and rocks and stuff like that. And they use those stones on the other side of the river to build an altar there so that they can remember what it is that God did for them. So that nobody will ever forget that that's where God split the river and let them walk across on dry land. Right? And in that same way, our journal is just a pile of stones building an altar to the things that God has done in our lives so that we can go back and remember what it is that he did for us. It's really a good, um, a good habit to do. Um, and I'm speaking that to myself, too. <laughs> um, so, again, I just want to say those again. Worship, prayer, scripture, and then keeping a journal uh, with prayer needs and encouragements and things that God spoke to you. All of this different kind of stuff. Uh, so wrapping this all together, um, all of this is an encouragement to create an effective habit or uh, create a habit of effective time with the Lord. Um, I think that that truly, like I said at the beginning, the key to a long-lasting, effective relationship with Jesus is regular, uninterrupted time with him. Um, so I think that's super basic sometimes. And, uh, you know, sometimes when I, I read stuff like this and, and even when I was kind of preparing this and thinking about preaching and everything like that, I'm like, ah, you know, these people know this, you know, and, but at the same time, everybody needs reminders, <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and I think it's really important, uh, to, to do that, uh, and, and talk about things. If you feel like God has told you to talk about them. Um, but I know for myself, there's been a lot of different things that I've had to go through over the years, uh, good things, bad things, um, you know, um, times where I've really been, you know, just hurt or, or didn't understand why something happened, times that I've, like, really been struggling with depression and, and things like that. And, and for me, there's no other place that I can find that peace and restoration than in those in the secret place spending time with the Lord, right? And and even when times are good, like when God is using me and the Holy Spirit is filling me to be able to do ministry and stuff like that, there's just such a sweet presence to that. And 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 I think it's important to know this. There's people out in the world who don't know Jesus, don't have a relationship with Him, that are dealing with the same things that I dealt with, but they don't have that secret place to go to, right? And, and I mean, that's the whole idea of why it's important for us to witness because God wants this for everybody, right? But we need to remember whenever we're dealing with stuff to be able to go in there and, and, and really have God just move and restore in your heart whatever it is that needs to happen. 
in your own life, right? And it's not always like something terrible is going on or I'm feeling bad, I need to go to the secret place. I think if we create a regular habit of that, that, that place is just always open if something is happening, right? And then when it's not and, and God is doing stuff through you, it's amazing and and uh, he's speaking to you about other people and, and all that different kind of stuff. And uh, really, like I said, there's so much more to a relationship with Jesus than just your salvation. And it, I think, again, at the end of the day, if the only thing that Jesus did for us is die on the cross so that we can be saved, that's enough. But it's not the only thing that he did for us. That's not the only reason. Salvation wasn't the only reason. It's so that he can be with us, so that we can have direct access to the Father through him. Just like he went away and talked to his Father in his ministry, we now have access to that because of the things that he did. And it's so important for us to to create that habit and and know that that place is there. And and I truly think that if I didn't have the Holy Spirit and, and God working on my heart in times like that, um, like I probably would have quit ministry by now. <laughs> you know, I probably would have completely given up and and decided it wasn't worth it and and, and stuff. But but so many times when I should have been completely broken apart and just just giving up, like those are the moments when I sp- felt the Holy Spirit the strongest. Those are the moments when I felt like God lifting me up more than anything else. So I want to pray, and then we're going to close. We're ending a little bit early. Yeah. So uh, make sure you let Pastor Scott know. <laughs> um, I think he usually uh, he usually goes to like 845, right? <laughs> um, so um, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to let uh, my friend Zach come up here um, because he feels like he has a word for us um, and, and share that. Um, so, Lord, I pray that you just open up our hearts right now. Lord, I pray that you would just truly be with us and and speak into our hearts when we need it the most. God, I pray that our time spent with you would be so sweet. God, even if it's just laying on the pillow, getting ready to go to bed, talking to you, Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen us so much in the secret place, Lord. I pray that you'd make it a priority, God, that we would long to be in that place, that we can't wait to get done with our day of work so that we can go into that secret place. Lord, I pray that we would see incredible, effective ministry happening through this. God, we thank you so much for all of these things. We pray your your blessings over all of us. In your name, amen. So sometimes these are accurate, and sometimes you just get to look like a fool. Um, I just got a little impression. I'm curious, um, A, if somebody is retired from the Navy that's here. If that's you, will you let me know so I don't have to look like as much of a fool? And then B, so if nobody's retired Navy, that's fine. Um, If anybody is retiring, like, really recent, so I'm not saying, like, wide scope, like the last two years, but... Maybe within the last couple months or the next month if you're retiring. What's that? <clears throat> okay. Okay, cool. Well, I'll share the I'll share the word and then you can share it with him um, if you feel like it's accurate. So the verse is uh, Daniel eleven thirty two, and it's a part that says, Those that know their God will do uh, be strong and do mighty exploits. The reason I thought it was from the Navy is because I felt like the Lord was saying it's going to be smooth sailing, and um, <clears throat> it was just that 
the next chapter in life um, that God wanted to go on adventures, but it was not going to be uh, struggling and striving like as you grow up and learn through trials, it was just going to be smooth sailing into uh, adventures. So that's it. So cool. Yeah. Again, I want to say that I I think God wants to speak through us like that a lot. And, And even if you put yourself out there and it's like, well, I don't know if they're here or, or maybe it was for somebody in the room and they didn't raise their hand or something like that. Um, you know, there's, it's okay. You know, if God, if God asks you to do it and you're obedient to it, I think that's the important part, uh, in, in saying it respectfully and things like that. But I truly believe that God wants to do that with us a lot more than what we see right now that we, you know, expect, you know? So anyways, Hey, thank you so much for listening to me. And, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to preach for you guys, and we'll see you on Sunday.